I remember my first year in real estate sales, right? You know, I could have thought I'm too young. I was literally 19 years old. I could have thought I don't know the contracts. I could have thought I don't even know how to open escrow. I could have thought I don't even have a nice car. I didn't think any of that. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to be happy at the opportunity that I have to live in this beautiful country, to have a real estate license, to be able to go fulfill my dream, and I'm going to have a love in my heart, and I'm going to genuinely take care of people. And if I genuinely care about people and genuinely take care of people, everything will be okay. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of The Empire Show. This is an inside look. My name is Pedros Koulian and you guys are in for a great surprise because with me today is Danny Morrell and he is not only the founder of a real estate firm that has over 400 agents, he also gets off on coaching others and teaching them on how to build their own real estate empires and he's got a tremendous event where he does his coaching from called Relentless. Danny. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I, yes, I like sir. get off. That, I've never heard that before, but that's, that's okay. That's okay. That's a great way to start. I mean, don't you get off on that? I do. I, I get off on coaching. Yeah. Heck yeah. Exactly. Heck yeah. Dude, welcome to HQ. And, and what most people don't know is that you and I are neighbors. I mean, I'm right. Chino Hills, you're Rancho Cucamonga, right. maybe 15 miles 15, away. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So thanks for coming out yeah. to the HQ. Um, you've kind of got this really cool rags to riches story. And I love when people come from adversity. Part of that might be because I come from adversity. Sure. But I also believe that everyone watching and listening to this, adversity is a human condition. Yeah. And so whatever the adversity is, whether you're a foreigner like I was or you lived off food stamps like you did. Right. You let you, you went through challenges and you overcame. Right. How was growing up for you in L.A.? Yeah, well, um, you know, we, we actually first came from New York City. Ah. Yeah, so we were born in New York City. My parents divorced. And so at the time, my mom brought myself and my three, my, my, well, three of us, three boys, uh, here to Rialto, California. Gotcha. And I like to call it the opposite of the Beverly Hills of California because right. we came to the hood. It was, right. it was bad. You know? What year was this? This was, geez, Louise, I was 18 years old, so... Ah, uh, gosh, 1989-ish or so, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And so uh, we arrived. I started in uh, junior high here. Uh, and I just found out really quickly that the good, cozy family life with at least a little bit of money that we had in New York was no longer around. Wow. So, you know, uh, mom was just a very timid personality. She was literally, you know, four foot nothing. Yeah. You know, she didn't know how to drive a car. And uh, so the first obstacle was in New York, there's public transportation. Sure. We had to come here, we had to find a car. Oh, wow. So, yeah, California spread out for those yeah, of you that don't yeah, know, right? Yeah, yeah. If the, you, you, there's no trains, there's no anything. No. So if you don't have a car, there's something wrong. Right. Deal. Well, you know, um, being that I'm a driver, sometimes I don't pay attention to, to, to details. So I convinced her to buy this car. After she gave the guy the money, we figured out that the car was a stick shift. Oh no. So you've got to picture this timid little four foot nothing Hispanic woman that every time the car would stop at a red light and there was a hill and she'd have to pop the clutch, forget about it. She'd just panic, cars would be honking. So at the age of 13, I learned how to drive out of necessity because she was so afraid to do it that someone had to do it. Yeah. And I guess that's like the story of my life is that I was put in a position where 
someone has to do it, so why not me? Why not you? Yeah. You know what I love about that is that earlier this morning I was having a little little workshop for my team here. We've got about 50 team members here. And I had a workshop, and one of the things we talked about is building your emotional resilience. Yeah, absolutely. And I always liken that to when you go to the gym and you work out, the more you work out with weights, the more your muscles grow. Absolutely. The same thing applies to your emotional resilience, your financial resilience, your entrepreneurial resilience. And at 13, technically, you shouldn't be driving a car. Not at all. And even functionally, you probably could barely reach. Absolutely. But you were, pillow. Right, exactly. Yeah. But you were put in a position, well, we've got a stick shift. My poor mom doesn't know how to drive it. Right. We already bought the damn car. Right, right. I will do the mental work right. to learn how to drive this thing. And Absolutely. so you built those resilient muscles. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think, Bedos, it's so funny you say that. I was just coaching a team earlier this week about, you know, psychology drives our actions and actions drive our results. And so when you talk about psychology, you've got to look at what pressure does for you because pressure is pressure, yeah. you know. Yeah. Pressure is pressure, that's all it is. How you react to pressure, what you make pressure mean, how pressure affects you, well, that's on you, you know, so you do have a choice, yeah. you know. And so the pressure of having to drive us around at 13, literally, I, I think I got caught one time by the police. Uh, I'm curious, what do you even tell the cops at that point? You, I, it was myself. At that time, I, I got I really messed up. It was myself and my two other friends. Ah. So I got a little cocky. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, next thing you know, it's three 14-year-olds at the time sitting right. on a curb. My parents had to come and get yeah, us yeah. out. Long story short, my friend's dad wanted to kill me. But, you know, whatever. Sure. Yeah, so you just get in trouble. But That's it's, nuts, it, You man. just kind of have to make it happen, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I, I just feel like one of the greatest blessings of me, you know, being grown up with by a single mother and, and, and the situation that I was in was that I didn't have a choice. It was either I was going to accept the pressure and make it build me up into who I was going to eventually become or I was going to back down from it. And oh. it, it's as simple as that. You know, I love that you bring up the, the pressure because uh, this reminds me of something that our friend Tim Grover says. Do you, you know yeah. Tim Grover? Uh, absolutely. Right? And of course, speaking of Relentless, he wrote the book called he, Relentless. He was the first guy at, at the first event we had. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And so, so Tim was here a few weeks ago go and he goes uh, pressure is a privilege it is. and that's really what I'm hearing you say because depending on how you look at it it's either gonna break you if you look at it as something that's going to this is it this is where I draw the line and die right. or if I get past this line and I will right. man I'm gonna be a bigger better stronger human Right. Well, you know, um, Tony Robbins teaches the, the 10 stages of maturity of a business and he likens it to a human being and the first stage is birth, right? And then after birth comes infancy and then comes teenager and then comes adolescence and then the, the zone of max, uh, maximization. And so what tends to happen is we don't realize that at the beginning of a business, there's pressure. In the middle of the business, there's pressure. At the end of the business, there's pressure. There's always pressure. You were yeah. sitting here saying, congratulations, you're doing great. I, and I was telling you, I don't think I've even started yet. Right. You know? And I think that's the sign of a great entrepreneur. The key is that guy or that gal that's starting a business that says, you know what, I've got to hire my first assistant or I've got to spend my first 10 grand in marketing. You know, what are you going to make that pressure mean to you? And are you going to be able to overcome that? Because if you can't overcome that, there's bigger mountains to overcome ahead. And, and, and I think sure. that's the difference that makes a difference. Now, you are fiercely successful and you're very, you're being very humble here. You're saying, look, I haven't even just started. And I, and I appreciate that and I could relate to it. And if Tim, Tim Grover was sitting there, he would go cleaner, yeah. right? We all know that. And what's really cool about this thing is that while you're being humble about the fact that, look, man, I haven't even started, you've got a really successful 
real estate organization with 400 agents under you, yeah. right? You've got the coaching business, you've got yeah. software technology, like you've got your hands in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Ed Milet calls it blissful dissatisfaction. Yeah. And I love that particular term because while you're doing well, and I'm congratulating you on it, you're like, no, 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 man, the best is yet to come. Yeah. And I have a phrase that I always say, look, never peak, the best is yet to come. Absolutely. For guys like you and me, for the, for the Milets and the Fursillas and the Tom Bilyeus and Tim Grovers, the best will never come. We will yeah. die chasing the dragon. Absolutely. And I don't know if that's a curse or if that's a blessing for us, but I'm always torn on that. I'm curious, what's your perspective on that? You're like, you're never gonna be satisfied, you know that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm legitimately, legitimately, you know, every time I'm around someone that is doing something great, I learn something and I think, you know what, I can do it myself. And, uh, and maybe we can collaborate and do it better. I'm, I'm always thinking about growing. In, in my mind, it's something that never stops. I, I never feel like I've arrived. And when I do, I snap out of it really, really quickly. We, we, I, re I remember we were doing half a million a year in sales. Uh, half a billion a year in sales and the goal was a billion. And then last year was the first time we, we did a billion dollars in, in, in sales yeah. volume, right? Yeah. And the minute we did it, I set the goal for 1.2 because we got to grow by at least 20% this year. And it, it was literally like, we didn't even, we celebrated and was like, okay, 1.2 next year, let's go. And then that became the model, 1.2, 1.2, we're high-fiving everybody. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, then the next year you drop by 20%, yeah. you know? And yeah. there, there is no in-between, there's no gray. It's either black or white in life. It's either you're growing or you're not. It's you're happy or you're sad. It's either you're in or you're out. Where does that very polarizing position come from in you? You know, what's funny, I, you know, growing up, I was the oldest of three boys. And when my parents divorced, it is, it is, no one's ever asked me that, but I, I just looked around. I think it was the combination of my dad not being around and the fact that my mom, you know, wasn't the most outgoing entrepreneurial spirit. So I was deeply frustrated because we were living in a little apartment and here I was watching the TV, you know, you'd watch Beverly Hills 90210 and you see all these kids driving around all these nice cars and sure. nice houses and, he, and here I was, man, secretly, I had to stand in the free lunch line because my mom didn't have enough money to give me to, to like buy lunch. So I learned very early on how to door knock and I would door knock all the kids in the high school. Say, hey, can I borrow a quarter? Can I borrow a quarter? Can I borrow a quarter? And I was unashamed because I would rather go through the pain of asking everybody for a quarter than the pain of standing in the free lunch line. Mm -hmm. That was too embarrassing for me. I was not gonna let that happen and so, to me, I think it came from the fact that very early on, I realized, you know, that old saying, if it's gonna be, it's up to me. And um, I think that's it, yeah. No one's what ever are, asked me that, because yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. I, I had to process that right yeah. now. Yeah, you know what's funny is, uh, I, got, I got a beat on you very quickly, because we're cut very much from the same cloth, and so I've been, done a lot of self-work, and, and I noticed that you've got a chip on your shoulder. You were frustrated that dad wasn't around, that yeah. things didn't turn out the way it turned out to be. And the best thing you can have in life is to have rage in your eyes, a chip on your shoulder, and fire in your belly. And Absolutely. anyone who tries to take that away from you, you should tell them to fuck off. Absolutely. And, and can I add one? Please do. And, and I'm gonna add two. A smile on your face and love in your heart. Agreed. Because I'm gonna say something. I, I remember my first year in real estate sales, right? You know, I could have thought I'm too young. I was literally 19 years old. I could have thought I don't know the contracts. I could have thought I don't even know how to open escrow. I could have thought I don't even have a nice car. I didn't think any of that. 
I thought, you know what? I'm just going to be happy at the opportunity that I have to live in this beautiful country, to have a real estate license, to be able to go fulfill my dream, and I'm going to have a love in my heart, and I'm going to genuinely take care of people. And if I genuinely care about people and genuinely take care of people, everything will be okay. And here's what most people do, Bedros. Most mm. people go, oh my God, but I'm, I'm, I'm too new. Oh my God, but I don't, I don't know what to say. Guess what I say? It's okay. People respect you if you say, you know what? I don't have the answer for that, but I promise you, I'll get right back. Yeah. And people respect that, you know? And, um, and so yeah, Dude, smile on your face, love in your heart. This yeah. is nuts, watch, watch this. So we've got three guys behind the camera here. We got Ash, we've got Ed, and we've got Primo. And two hours ago, we were in that workshop that I was doing for them. I really believe in developing your team just like you do, and we'll get people to come in here to help develop the team as well, and time to time, I like to do that. And really, guys, isn't what he's saying is to have gratitude was one of the pillars of high performers. We said it's gratitude, it's to be in service of others, yeah. to help people, yeah. right? And if you can stay in gratitude and help people, and the last point you made was to problem solve. Look, I don't know the answer, but I'll be right back with the answer, to problem solve. Absolutely. All of life can become successful if you live in a state of gratitude, you problem solve, and you're in service of others. But we are designed to be selfish, right. and that's when shit hits the fan. Right, and, and, and the reason why we're designed, this is a trip, the reason why we're designed to be selfish is because we have this little thing called an ego. And the ego wants to protect us. The ego wants to make sure we don't feel pain yeah. or embarrassment. You have no, I'm sure you have an idea, because this is what you do. How many people have come into my life, into our brokerage, that they literally walk around like this? Suspect. Suspect, right? Like, like, what are, what are you, what, what, what's, what's going on here? You know, and, and like after two years of being with us, their income has quadrupled, their weight has dropped. Why? Because I believe that your physical body is a result of what's going on inside your mind, your heart, and soul. So if you're frustrated, if you're suspect, if you're, if you're doubting, if you're fearful, trust me, that's going to come up with your eating habits, yeah. you know? And so, you know, we work to break people down and then build them up to see what's really possible. So literally, I, I like to see we help people smile more. Like the real estate industry, I tell you, the reason why I got in the industry before the market crashed, True story, um, I started a coaching company. Yeah. And I would go visit all the off offices, and I would do my As talk. in coaching real estate agents. Yeah, I would call yeah. broker brokers, yeah. and I would say, hey, I'll come do a free talk for one hour. You know, I'm pretty successful, I sell some houses, whatever the case may be, sure, come on over. Bedros, if the talk was an hour, it would take me 20 minutes just to get people to smile and laugh. Yeah. Because everybody was like this. You know, no, there's no joy, there's no passion. And so as soon as the market started to turn around, I thought to myself, you know, what, what can I do to make me different than everybody else? And I said, you know what I'm gonna do? No egos allowed. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how many houses you sell. I don't care how much money you make. If you cannot care about the person to your left and the person to your right, this is not the place for you. And you walk in our building, eight o'clock in the morning, we're role-playing, we're high-fiving, we're chanting, we're cheering each other on, we're helping each other, we're supporting each other. And I think as a result of that, the culture attracts the right people and repels the yeah. wrong people. Once again, polarizing. Absolutely. Which goes back to saying, folks, if you want to see and understand the blueprint of a successful entrepreneur, it is to be either black or white, right or wrong, because polarizing. And I don't know who was here, someone was here, we were interviewing them, and they said, look, your culture's gotta be like a magnet, and it's gotta attract the right people, and just like a magnet, 
push away, polarize everybody else who's not a great fit. Absolutely. And so you're an intense personality. Obviously, you, you kind of process through it when I asked you that question. You're like, you know what, look, I was watching Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> I, I was frustrated about the fact that my dad wasn't around to, right. to be the dad, to be the knight in shining armor that I'm supposed to look up to. So I took on that role as right. the older son. Was the guy. Right? Yeah. You're it. Yeah. You're it. And now you're like, dude, I don't want to go on the free lunch line. That's embarrassing. Yeah. So I would rather deal with the potential rejection of, can I borrow a quarter, can I borrow a quarter, so that you can go on the regular line. That's right. And in life, I always say that you're always going to suffer from pain. Right. The pain of effort or the pain of regret. Absolutely. And you might as well take the pain of effort, and that's what you were doing, because the pain of regret is, man, I regret being in that free lunch line, I look like a chump. Well, now check this out, and I, and I, and I will say this, I think that has a lot to do with our standards, because somewhere down the road, I had set the standard that for me, sitting in that free lunch line or standing in that free lunch line was unacceptable. I think that you will only accept and as a result receive in your life what you see is acceptable. And so for a lot of people, they're not achieving the results that they want in life because they have very low standards. Sure. Very low standards. They're living in mediocrity. They and, they, and they don't even realize it. It's because of their upbringing. It's because of the people they've been surrounded with. I mean, I, I remember the first year I did $100,000 in income. I think I was 20, 20, something like that. And I remember looking around thinking, you know, all my aunts and uncles make like 50 or 60. And I became like the bad guy. It's the weirdest thing, like culturally speaking, in the yeah. family unit, yeah. I was like. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that happened? You want to I mean, the, the. I do want to yeah, know the Because that was your family treating you like the pariah. Well, it's not just the, it's anybody, it's society. Here's why, it's because people do not like admitting that the problem is in here and in here. It's easier to blame. Right? It's easier to blame the government or Trump or the system or the economy. When the economy crashed and I lost everything, at the same time that that was happening, there was people making millions of dollars. It wasn't the economy's fault, Bezos. Right. It was my fault. Sure. That was my responsibility. I had to accept it. And so sometimes when you see an example of what's possible, right, and you are not living what's possible, you've got a choice. That's pressure right there. The pressure is either A, excuse me, sir, I will do whatever you say. Please help me and coach me and, and, and I don't know how I can repay you, but I will listen because I want to be successful. Or, no, nah, that guy, he's, he's, nah, don't listen to that guy. He's right. weird or something. Right, and that's what people do. That, that's it. So, I'm curious. Now, you've, you've got the successful company. We figured out a lot of things about you already, about the frustration and about the fact that you've got, kind of had this chip on your shoulder and high standards, by the way. Smile on your face, love in your heart. Yeah. I love that. Where does someone like you, who didn't come from privilege, have high standards? Like, someone watching or listening to this is probably saying right now, right. dude, why do I need such high levels of standards? That's a lot of pressure, It Danny. is. So, um, and this can backfire, so I, I want to kind of walk you yeah. through it. But I remember being in, uh, at the time it was junior high, and I remember the brand new Air Jordans were out. Brand new. We couldn't afford the Air Jordans. There was no way we could afford the right. Air Jordans. Somehow, I got the damn Air Jordans. I convinced my mom to get me the Air Jordans, right? Now, I'll take that example. Second example I'll use. I remember being brand new in the business and I went to a seminar and I realized that there was a coach and that coach was saying that he could help me grow. The fee was like a thousand bucks a month. I didn't have a thousand bucks a month. 
But guess what? I figured out how to get the thousand bucks a month. I went to my mom, I said, mom, let me borrow your credit card and in three months I'll pay you back. And on top of that, I'll give you 20% for trusting me. Let me fast forward now to eight years ago. I wanted to build my dream house because I felt like my kids deserved that. I saw an acre of land. The guy was asking, I don't know, back then it was cheap, it was $300,000. I didn't have $300,000. I had 40 grand though. I said, Mr. Seller, here's what I'm willing to do. Take my 40 grand. I will pay you the entire 300,000 by the end of the year. And if I don't keep my 40 grand, guess what he did? Deal. You see, possibility thinking, what that allows you to do is it allows you to take a circumstance, right? And find a way to make it happen versus what most people do. They see an obstacle like, I want the Air Jordans, but you know what? It's okay, I don't want them that bad. And that's where standards start to develop. It's either you want it or you don't. It's either black or white. And if you want it, it's okay to want it. Sometimes you're gonna get it on day one. Sometimes it may take you a little bit of time. Don't stop wanting or loving or caring for what you know you truly want. And I think that was the gift that I gave myself back when I was a little kid wanting the air doors. What a great way to message that, Danny. I love the way you message that. There's nothing more to add to that. Let me ask you this. As you grow in business, as anyone grows in business, and we've got a pretty diverse audience, the idea incubators who want to turn their ideas into businesses, sure. and then the business owners who want to turn their business into an empire. Sure. They know that with every level of growth, there's gonna be some feedback, because the first level of growth they experience is, hey, I want a big Instagram following. So they launch an Instagram or Facebook or YouTube account, and before long, they might have a couple hundred followers, and someone leaves a comment that hurts their feelings. Right. And it's so sad when, when their feelings got hurt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, fast forward that to the big boy league, yeah. where we're talking about whether it's hundreds of franchises like we have, or right. hundreds of agents that you have, and the $1.2 billion goal that you've set in, in sales. Someone's gonna be like, dude, you know what, you're greedy. You know what, you're asking for too much. Dude, you know what, you've lost your way. Right. When people criticize, doubt, give you negative feedback, how do you accept that and process it? Okay, so through time, you learn that not someone, everyone, the bigger you get, the more it happens. I mean, literally, I'll give, I'm gonna give you a perfect example of this, true story. Christmas time comes around. And I walked into one of our offices. We have seven, seven offices. I walked into one of our offices. You know, the company essentially runs itself. I lead certain trainings, so forth and so, yeah. so on. But organizationally, it, it's running, right? So half the time, I don't know what decisions the leadership team makes. I, I empower them to make those decisions, sure. right? I walk in and I notice that there's a box with uh, toys. We're doing a toy drive. I didn't know we were doing a toy drive. Damn, that's awesome. I grab my cell phone and I, I'm just proud of the fact that we're doing a toy drive. And then I remembered that we were doing it in all of the offices, right? Because I remember a memo came by. Hey guys, guess what, man? I'm so proud of the team. Look, we're doing a toy drive. If you guys have any toys, please just bring them by one of our seven locations. That's it. I didn't think anything of it. Next thing you know, I get a message from one of our people. Why do you always make everything about you? Wow. Hey, whoa, did, did, I, did, I, did I miss something? Yeah, that you didn't even plan the toy drive. You know, we've been doing this forever. You've never been a part. I didn't say that I planned the toy. I just said I was happy that we were. It's just constant. You know this. Funny I how that this. happens, right? It's funny how it happens. But again, you'll never be able to brush that off until you realize that that's just part 
of the game. Human psychology is always looking for drama, is always looking for something wrong. There's only the top tier of people that understand that not only do you want to stay away from the drama and stay away from what's wrong, you only want to focus on what's positive. Yeah. And you know this as well as I do. That's why you have to constantly evaluate your circle of influence and unfortunately eliminate some people while you bring in good quality people that could push you and make you better. That's funny how that works, isn't it? And here you are, you're just trying to do something good, I obviously, right? was oblivious. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think that person was just reacting to them having a bad day and they just took it out on you? Like, do you think you were the dog or the cat that just got kicked because they were having a bad day? Like, what was that person's issue? No, to be honest, I think, a because here's what happens. A story had been created about me. Maybe I'm too big now. Maybe I don't care. All of it is complete. The gossip but, wheel. Yeah, whatever. You yeah. know, the, the, the biggest gossip wheel happens in our own head, though, you know? And, you know, again, here I am just trying to help and just trying to bring more toys to people. But when a story, a negative story starts to create, it's pretty tough to get past that. And that's why The Four Agreements um, is such a great book. Great book. You can't assume things. You can't assume positive. You can't assume negative. I think in sales, you want to assume positive. But, but stay neutral. Stay neutral. I'm curious, who are people in history that have influenced you, dead or alive? Steve Jobs, I love. Steve Jobs. Why? Yeah. Damn, because he because he wanted to change the world, and he was hell bent on that. And you know, I also I love about him because it wasn't about the money. I think too many people nowadays we make it about the money, and we make it about the money because the money is inherently a survival instinct because we need to pay our bills. Sure. And that's the biggest thing that I learned is like once you get past making it about the money, you make it about the purpose, the 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 vision, the desire to compete, the desire to win then like the money is a byproduct of that, you know? Um, today I posted, I posted something like this, I posted, uh, you can be passionate about being famous or you can be passionate about changing people's lives. Not both, it's one or the other. And I said, I choose the latter. And if you think about it, man, if you're passionate in what we do, like I'm sure you are about changing the lives of your franchisees, yep. you know, success, money, fame, that's a byproduct, right? And I think too many people have it, have it backwards. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady. I mean, great example. Because he gets it done. Yeah. You know, he gets it done. Yeah. Do you think it's the ego that drives people? Is that why? Because the ego wants fame, because the ego wants notoriety? I, you know, I think some of us want that a little bit more than others, you know? And I think that as we mature, like, I'll be honest, when I was young, that's all I wanted. All I wanted was to drive the best car and to wear the nicest suit. Now, I, I kind of could care less, to be honest. You know? yeah. I, I'm, I'm just at a different place in my yeah. life. I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. Last year, uh, Lewis House was kind enough to ask me to come back to his show for a second time to promote my book, Man Up, and, uh -huh. and he's just always been good to me, and so I always need to give him a shout out on, yeah. on the show. But um, he goes, hey man, so like, what's your definition of success? And even a few years before that on his show, it was like, you know, to be able to like leave a legacy and to be able to help organizations and causes and all those things still matter. And just organically what came out of my mouth, Danny, was just to sleep peacefully at night. Like, I just want peace of mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that means that I'm not going to do things that I wouldn't do in front of my wife and kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there was a time that I might see things a little gray when I was younger. Well, if I get this done, it's great. It's not completely black, right? <laughs> now it's just, I just want peace of mind. Good. And it's a funny way to look at it because true success, true happiness, I believe is exactly that. It's like, yeah. like I can care less about what you're driving, what I'm driving. Are you a great guy to sit down and break bread with? And if that's the case, I just want that experience in that company. Well, you know what's funny, Bedros? So let's, let's 
you know, I, I guess I'm going to talk about me here. You know, when let's I, talk about you, Danny. Well, well, when I, when I, in this example, when I, when I had to have the nicest car back then, yeah. what I didn't realize was there was an issue inside of myself that needed the approval of others. And, and I didn't realize that until I lost it all. And when I lost it all, it made me realize that, you know, I was just emotionally immature. It's immaturity is what it is. Was that a humbling experience to it lose was, it all? Oh, my God. It was humbling. I mean, you're talking about, you know, losing your cars, losing, losing absolutely everything. Yeah. Did people treat you different when you lost it all? Oh, my God. People talk. Look, that's the thing. People are always going to talk. You know, I'm just, I'm thankful that I'm able to just bite my tongue and I just let my numbers do the talking. Yeah. You know, the, the, the real estate industry is kind of a small place uh. and people love to hate me. Oh, they, they love it. But we just... Do you feed off that? I think back then I did. Now I, I feed off of winning. I just want to win, man. Yeah. I just want to keep growing, keep doing better, keep doing bigger. And I'm kind of... I've insulated myself from it now. You know, I, it, it, so I can't say it bothers me because I don't even hear it because maybe I choose not to hear it. No. No, I, I feed off of winning. That's, that's what I feed off of. Yeah. What are winners made of? So let's talk about what I think success is. I sure. think success is truly knowing yourself. I, I think a winner is someone who truly understands themselves. I understand my strengths. I understand my weaknesses. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. Um, and as a result of that, I, I, I try to master the most important area for me in, in being an entrepreneur, which is the thoughts that are going on in my head. Because pretty soon what starts to happen is as you get better in business or get better in whatever it is that you're doing, you just start to realize that business truly is, is a reflection of your soul. It really is. So if the soul is jacked up, the business is going to be jacked mm. up. You know? And so I say that success is mastering or understanding yourself because the more that I know myself, the more that I can learn to control the negative self-talk or the more that I can learn to uh, control the doubt or the fears or the worries or the anxieties or whatever it is that you feel, and you can turn that into something positive and create something positive as a result. I love that definition. That's a great definition. Why do you think people lose in life? I mean, we're, the economy's great, the unemployment level is as low as it's ever been, oh. yet you see people constantly losing and complaining. I know your DMs are full, my DMs are full, I know your DMs are full. This happened, that happened, I keep losing, things aren't working out. Why are people losing, Danny? I'll tell you. Okay, I don't want to get in political. I'm, I'm just going to just kind of... Get out here. there, baby. Yeah. Get political. Look, people are waiting for a rescuer. People are waiting for someone to save them. People are waiting for a handout. Um, it's like, I'll be honest, like this, 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 this senator from New York, this lady, Ocasio, whatever, she's popular because she wants to tax me and you 70%. Sure, yeah. I... I, I just don't understand that frame of thinking because if you really get to the net, net bottom line, we all in this country, we're all human beings. We all have the ability and the possibility to think, act, make the decisions, and work at, at whatever capacity and create whatever it is that we want to do. What's the difference? People's mindset. Some people are losing because they're waiting for someone to help them win, and others just decide, I'm gonna fucking win. Period in the story. Mm. It's on me. I'm gonna make it happen because there's no one coming. 
You know what I'm saying? There's no one coming. And that's it. So on this show, we have a saying. We say there's no man on the white horse that's going to gallop in and save your day. There, you're it. There is. You're, you're, the, the, you're, the, you're the man. You're the man and the horse <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. The, and the hoofs. Yeah, and the hoofs. And, you know, yeah. it's funny. And so when I started, when I started Fit Body Boot Camp, and, and I, I talk about this often, uh, when I started Fit Body Boot Camp in 2009, 2010, we franchised in 2011. Dude, I didn't know what franchising meant. I didn't know that the Federal Trade Commission was going to oversee us. It's big. It's a big it's thing, a big right? Deal, yeah. And so I was like, oh, man, I better hire like consultants to come in and help us and save us and guide me and uh -huh. cajole me. That We were paying them $22,000 a month uh -huh. to consult us during this process of turning Fit Body Bootcamp from a licensing program to a franchise, right? right? I'm about and, to go through that, by the way. Are you? Okay. All right. If you need anything, I can, I, I, I'd yeah. be more than happy yeah. to help you. So so in that way, we're paying twenty-two grand a month, and about four months in, my wife's like, hey, um, I have a feeling that every time you ask them a question, they're just Googling it <laughs> and then giving it to you. <laughs> hey, uh, we need a franchising attorney. Who's a good one in Orange County? <laughs> right? It's costing you $22,000 for a Google search right, each right. month, right? And at that moment, I realized there is no man on the white horse. They may seem like it, but as the horse gets closer, you realize it's just a gimp on a donkey that's limping, right, that's you know, at, at best, at best. Yeah, yeah. And that is absolutely the truth, that the losers are waiting for a handout and the winners are going out and making it happen. And I'm going to tell you another thing, because, because again, I deal with human psychology all day long. You know, you, you can take two people, two people, and uh, one person gets their real estate license and ends up making a quarter million dollars a year in two years, 24 months. And the same person who got the same license the same day is struggling making 50 grand a year. And, and I'll tell you, the other thing is that the people who are winning are comfortable within themselves and are understanding of the fact that they may not know it all, but what they do know is enough to at least get started. Yeah. And the people that are losing are very uncomfortable with that proposition. They're very afraid of letting someone down. They're very afraid of having the wrong answer. They're very afraid of not knowing what to do, and that's what stops them. And I would tell your audience is that if you really want to win at some point in time, I know it's scary, you got to learn to trust yourself. And you got to learn that what you have, your God-given resources and abilities are enough to get you to that next level. And then as you're working to get to the next level, guess what? It's kind of crazy, but God kind of blesses you with a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more tolerance, a little bit more resources, and then that gets you to the next level. And then, and, and that's how you become a winner. That's how you win in business, right? And I think that the winners understand that. And they just kind of go and they take a leap of faith yeah. while the people who are losing, they don't want any part of that business, you know? They don't want to be risk takers, they, do they? They, they, look, they look at the small risk as a bigger risk. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. It's really a small risk. To get to that next level, it's a small Tiny. risk. Tiny. Yeah. Tiny. But when we stack those wins on top and look back a decade, two decades, right. holy crap. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you this, as we get towards the end of this, this episode, I mean, you've you just been a great guest. You articulate so well. I believe you're a gifted man, and I appreciate you. And I've interviewed enough people from a, many different cloths of life to be able to tell you that. Thanks. If a young entrepreneur, doesn't matter the industry, real estate, okay. fitness, finance, young entrepreneur says, look, Danny, I want to start. I want to make money. I want to be an entrepreneur. How do I do this? Step one. Let's just, this is, and, and, and people dismiss what I'm about to say because it seems so simple, but it really is the honest to God truth, and I know you'll validate it. You gotta decide if you're gonna live by faith or by fear, period, in the story. You've, you've gotta decide if you're gonna be fear-driven or faith-driven. 
because that's an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a human being who wants to manifest in the real world what they see in their head. That's faith. That's faith. That's called faith, that's right? Faith. So that's step number one. You got to decide to live by faith versus fear. Step number two, you got to get crystal clear and decide exactly what you want. So once you decide, okay, I'm going to live by faith. Now you got to know, okay, what do I want? So my first goal was buy my mom a house. I got fixated and I got to buy my mom a house, right? Decide what you want. Maybe I tell people sometimes, maybe it is a new car. Maybe that's where you're at in your life and that's what motivates you. Go for it. Maybe it's a new house for yourself. Maybe it's a new clothes. Maybe it's to, to vacation and, and you know, maybe it's to fly in a private jet. I don't know what it is, but you got to decide what you want. You know, maybe it's to leave your job, but decide what you want and have faith that you're going to get it. Step three, you got to make a plan. You know, so I remember I figured if every single day I could ask somebody for a quarter to eventually raise three bucks to buy myself a little cheeseburger and a, and a milk, well, then every single day I could go knock on doors and ask people if they want to sell their house. Right. So that's going to be my plan because nobody else has a better idea. So from 9 a.m. to 12 in the morning, every single day for three years, that's what I did. Success is simple. It's not it easy, really is. but it's simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. I mean, literally, like the sun comes up, you start knocking on doors. When I the mean, sun goes down, you knock for two more hours and then you go home. Betos, I don't care if I, if I opened a restaurant, I would knock on doors. If I had no money, if you dropped me off on a deserted island and I opened up a restaurant, if I opened up an ice cream parlor, if I opened up whatever business, a hair salon. Hey, Bedros, how you doing? Listen, you look like you get a haircut every two weeks. Listen, your next one, come by, I'll do it for free. And if you like it, become my customer. What do you think? Yeah, okay, great. Perfect. And while you're at it, if you bring a friend, just make it up at the beginning. Make it up, right? Use your God-given ability and your intuition and your gut to make up what you need in order to get going. Which goes back to your first step, have, have faith. Have faith. That's the net, net bottom yeah. line. That's because when net. you have faith, it's like the, they say the entrepreneur is someone who jumps out of the airplane and makes the parachute on the way down out of faith. Beto, look, you, you didn't get this or that or that or these light or these cam you, you, This happens because you didn't say, oh no, I wonder if the show doesn't happen. What if guests don't come? No, you said, you know what? No, I'm going to go and I'm going to have faith and I'm going to make it happen. And as a result of that, guess what? It's kind of crazy. Great people come up that want to contribute and help your audience, you know? Yeah. yeah. What a great way to define that. So let me ask you this. If someone wants to get a hold of you uh, on social media, is there a preferred social media platform to connect I, with you on? I have fun on Instagram. Yeah, fun on yeah. Instagram. Instagram is fun. Got so, it. Yeah. Got it. And if someone wants to learn more about your Relentless event, where do they go to learn more about that? RelentlessEvent.com. Well, that's an easy one. That's an easy, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we kept it easy. That's an Success easy is simple. Success simple, is simple. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> that's right. And, and that's I right. want to end off on that one note because you did such a good job. Probably the scariest thing to do is to cold call, which is to knock on doors as you did. And you said, I don't care if I have to be a barber, an ice cream shop, a mechanic, a real estate agent, I'm going to go knock on doors. And you said something, and I want to make sure this didn't go past on deaf ears for our listeners and, and viewers here. You said, hey, Bedros, looks like you get a haircut every two weeks. Looks like you're due for one. Come on over, the next one's on me. Yeah. Right? Why would you ever, if you're starting a new business, give anything away, Danny? Well, it's because, I, because I don't have nothing to lose. I, I'd rather, when, when, if you're just getting started, I'd rather have humans come see me to try me out, to test me out, to, to, to give me an opportunity to show them what I got versus not have that opportunity. Exactly, exactly. Guys, I don't want... I want to make sure this doesn't fall on deaf ears. When you've got nothing to lose, you've got to give away what you have for free. That is the best demonstration of proof. That is the most 
easiest way to advertise. People say, I don't have advertising dollars. I don't have a video team like you do. I don't, I don't know Facebook ads. You don't. Can you give away your product or service for free until people become evangelical about what you do? And that's really the method that you follow, right? Absolutely, yeah. I love that. Well, Danny, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Guys and gals listening to this show, thank you so much for listening. If you've gotten value out of this, please make sure you take a screenshot of this episode. Make sure you tag Danny, you tag me, and of course, you tag people with the Empire Podcast. Leave us a five-star review and some comments. And as always tell your mama hey thanks so much for being here for today's empire podcast show we would love for you to do a quick little favor for us just go to itunes and give us a five-star rating leave a comment share it with your friends and if you're interested in growing your business faster go to bedroskoolian.com forward slash empire fill out the application to see if you're a good fit for our empire mastermind group